0: welcome to episode 53 of the nfp podcast presented by 3d entertainment the nfp podcast is brought to you by riverside dodge the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show as well as hooked up enterprises as the official in arena gear of the nfp podcast and wrangler the official clothing sponsor of the show wrangler along live the cowboys what is up everybody we're back in action episode 53 once again, little hiatus, people. It is fucking hectic out there, but we're getting it done. We're getting things lined out. We're short one for now. We'll see if he joins us at some point, Jason Davidson. Just Scotty Byrne here, though, today. Me and Scotty going to rant about it, talk about it the last couple of weeks. Tons to talk about shit. Lots of bull runs, a lot of team stuff, a lot of fucking life stuff on the go all around. So we'll get into it. But first, let me introduce you to the man, the myth, the legend. Scott Byrne, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Really good. Yeah. Just giving her shit. Christ, been all over the world. High school rodeo. And now we're settling back into it again. So it's going to be busy here the next four or five weeks. And uh, yeah, hot and fucking Manitoba humid here. Oh, my <laughs> holy. I am telling you, I am telling you, it is like Florida humid.
0: Yeah, Crazy. it's a different kind of human, eh? Hey? The Manitoba and the mosquitoes, are they full of fucking fudge to us per use or no?
1: Hey, you know what? Actually, the bugs aren't too bad here this year for some reason with the amount of water we got. I did invest in uh, these predator flies this year that I uh. think have made a real big difference. So, um, yeah, they just come in a bag. They're like the size mm-hmm. of a fruit fly and you spread them out and they attack all the larvae that other flies lay, like eggs. Wow. And... Uh, yeah, they're just going to work all the time. So
0: I think it's through.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I got onto these this year. This guy, and he's actually from Vancouver Island or Victoria, whatever you want to call it. Yep. And uh, he just sends you two or three bags every, I think it's every three weeks, and you just keep putting them out and they just keep working. So I think they did work this year. So we're going to keep on them next year and see where we're at.
0: Are they live fucking things? What are they? They're alive. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they come oh. in a bag and they got like a, a certain amount of food in there that they can eat while they're in transit. And you have to get them out within like 24 hours after you get them. And uh, you just salt and pepper them on manure piles. <laughs> no shit. No shit. Oh but no, they're, 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 they're oh honestly God. the size, size of a fruit fly. And I never heard of them, but lots of people, like I've talked to people since the oh, yeah, joy, I heard of them 20 years ago. Well, fuck, where was I? I don't know. But anyway, uh, I've never heard of they, them. Lots of bi- yeah lots of big dairies and stuff use them to keep the fly population down so i don't know i i think they've been working anything that can work while i'm sleeping i'm all about it so yeah
0: no shit. i feel like that's gonna be like an australia situation though like where you like introduce a foreign something into the <laughs> yeah. systems and then yeah. it just fucking overtakes it like fucking oh. What are the poison frogs in uh in Australia? They're those fucking huge cane totes that they brought in yeah. to kill something off, and then they just fucking took over, and then they brought something <laughs> in to kill them because all the dogs were like <laughs> licking them and it was killing all the dogs, and then whatever they brought in for those fucking killed them. I think like everything in Australia that fucks with their systems, I don't know about kangaroos, probably kangaroos too, was all like was all brought in, like fucking all the bad shit. I don't know that, but fuck, could be a total liar. Australian people are probably yelling at the fucking radio right now, but I think that's how well, it goes.
1: Well, I don't think there's too many people that would argue with me. If these motherfuckers eat all the flies and bugs and shit in the countryside, uh, they'll probably just be happy. They're so small. They couldn't
0: hurt us. Uh, <laughs> that'd be fine. That'd be fine. That'd be fine that'd I, be like fine. I
1: said, apparently they've been around for years and years and years. So hm,
0: who knew? Quick science lesson for the NFP listeners. Yep, can't complain about that. Um, big episode today. We got uh, the American champion, the NFR aggregate champion, uh, all-around badass, young kid that's taken the world by storm, had to do, had to deal with some injuries uh, throughout his career, as we'll get into. But uh, once again, lately, he was out with an injury and uh, actually was out most of the first part of the year. And then when the team series came about, he ended up going top five overall in the draft, Colton Fritzland. So showing why he's a top five draft pick here the last couple of weeks, stepping up and showing out for the Missouri Thunder there in first place. So yeah, it's a cool chat with a young gun, but he seems pretty wise beyond his years. You know, he's he's pretty confident and he's been there, done that already at such a young age. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty fun chat with Colton Colton, eh? What did you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I was just going to say he's wise beyond his years, but he's gone through the ups and downs at a very young age and uh, dealt with it head on. And just to listen to him talk, as you'll hear here later, um, he's got her figured out. And, you know, he's got his goals and knows how to get to them. So it was refreshing. You know, he's 22 years old, right? Was he 22?
0: 22, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah, like, hey, if you can get it figured out at that age, you know, yeah, he, he's obviously had it figured out prior to this because he's been a lot of places already. The NFR, you know, the PBR yep. World Finals didn't get to ride due to injury, but yeah. uh, and won the American. So, yeah, he's a he's a cool cat. I like him.
0: Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's kind of the the one of the new wave of young superstars you know that are taking over now. right you got clayton sellers a bunch of these uh bunch of these young guns in that 20 to 25 range that are fucking rocking and rolling what are you laughing at
1: (laughs) do you feel do you you gotta admit you you feel a little bit old don't you a little bit (laughs) a little bit yeah i'm (laughs) only
0: i'm only like what i'm 30 so i'm not that much older but fuck i do feel fucking pretty old well
1: but that is that is a fact like once you're it doesn't take long like you being at the elite level for the amount of years you were yeah. it doesn't take long and it seems like oh shit there's another young crew coming in you know and yeah uh it, it i found that i mean whatever i was a little bit older when i retired but it didn't take long and there's all these new faces and you kind of lose track uh you know who's the big guys when you left or
0: yeah on the They're way gone out, right yeah for sure yeah. and that's kind of like i've talked about that lots within the bull ride world pbr world especially right the the career length, especially at that highest level, is similar to NFL football, if not shorter, right? Some guys, four or five years that, you know, 10 years is a long fucking time to be on that tour four. so I always was not butthurt about it, but always the PBR was just, like, always finding this new guy, and then you'd have guys like like now, like Cody Teal or Derek Kobaba, and they're not talked about, like, near as much still elite guys, but they're not talked about as much as, you know, the new wave of young guys, but Looking at like logistics of it, it makes sense. You try to cling on to those fucking young guys because the longer you go, the sooner you're going to be out of the game, right? So they're always trying to find that next Jess Lockwood or that next McBride, different young guys that are coming into the game to try to fucking really use to sell the sport and be the poster of the sport. But looking at it now as an older guy or a guy that like does production and put stuff on, right. That's you need to Mm -hmm. keep it fresh and keep it young. And it's like, and everybody thinks that their generation was the generation, right? Like for me, like when I was, when like I came in and it was JB and stormy and Douglas and outlaw Posse, those guys were just like a little bit older than me, but they were the guys. So to me, like that was the great years. That was, that was like the great, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, and so well, that, like For Fritzlund and those guys right now, for them, is like the great years, right? That you'll always remember. So, well, that.
1: And that's that. Yeah, exactly. And, and that was how you put it. The great years. Well, they were your great years. And, yeah. you know, you'll always be in the history books, but that it's the same in any sport any industry there's you're always looking it is shitty though i get what you're saying it's like well god damn i dedicated all this time and then it's just the way it goes right you're yeah you're just uh your dad told me one time he's like you know keep as many pictures as you can and and memorabilia and he said i was guilty of not keeping enough pictures in my younger years he said cuz in the end all you got is a box of memories and it's yeah. true that's what you got
0: What's Andy Watson? With. Bullstock media photos. Yeah, you get. Exactly. Another yeah. great quote from Ryan Bernal when I was getting yeah. real, another yeah. one when I was getting really confident too on uh, on myself thinking that fucking well, Fritzland talks about it like you're you're a hotshot kid and you think that nobody can stop you and you get a little cocky. I remember my dad's like, "Fucking, chill out, buddy. Fucking, you're stuck your hand in a bucket of water and then pulled it out." Said, yeah, he said, how long did it take for that water to go back to the way it was after you stuck your hand out? And it was like, I don't know, like five seconds that water goes back to normal. He's like, that's how fucking fast people are going to forget you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, love you too, Dad. Love you. <laughs> but, but true. But
0: true. Yeah. True. You know what I'm that's saying? Wh- that's why I think.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why I preach, we'll call it more and more, even to my boys, is enjoy the moment. Take yeah. it all in, you know? And it's easy for us to say now, yeah. but it is, it's true. Enjoy the moment. This goes fast. And, uh, before you know it, you're on the side, you're on the outside of the fence looking in and, uh, uh, yeah, just enjoy every moment, everything good or bad, the, the learning process is all worth it in the end. And I guess you just don't know that till you're done. So anyway.
0: Yep. Look at us. Holy science. We went through science first. Rock. We went through life lesson second. Fuck Jason. We don't need cut Yeah.
1: Like we were Bill <laughs> Nye, the science guy flipping to Oprah, or Dr. Phil. Now what's next? What's next?
0: Next is um, let's go to the Stanley Cup. Like that's kind of a, a cool one since we've been gone. I got to have a sweet party with the Stanley Cup. Did you see any of that?
1: I've seen quite a bit of it actually, and I actually got to see the uh, what would we call it the shrapnel <clears throat> the next day after the Stanley Cup party. We had the pleasure. That's right. Of, we <laughs> had the pleasure of traveling the next day, and yeah, you know, you're a little tired and whatever, <laughs> but you bounce back to fight bulls. But yeah, you know what, Tanner, uh, it, that is a cool thing to be able to. I don't care what anybody says. I'll say it, to touch that even. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I mean yeah. to drink out of it, even better.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: really so, what was the feeling to, when you walked in and just even seen it sitting on the table or wherever they had it sat? Was it just like, "Wow, there it is"?
0: Yeah, it's a lot of buildup because, uh, well, guests of the or, uh, listeners of the show, obviously, you know former guest Josh Manson wins the damn thing. So, you know, growing up together, and you know, you obviously stay in touch a lot and back and forth, and throughout the playoffs, went we to see a game. everybody that listens in knows the story if you don't go back and listen to the former the last couple podcasts you'll fucking figure it out but you know he talked about texting and like he would send me a couple pictures and it was just like it in the corner like just the cup like just while they're like eating or something it's just there and then you like look over and see it and it's it's fucking amazing you know and it's It's not real yeah and it's not it's not necessarily the cup itself it's just like the sacrifice and the work that it takes to get that thing. And just like the lifelong dream and goal. And then to, just to have it at your, whatever at your disposal, yeah. you do what you want with it. Right. It's pretty, pretty amazing. But yeah, he talked about that before he came up and then, um you know, Josh actually got to come home with COVID and everything that was going on and all the border restrictions. He hasn't been home for a few years and, You know, Gemma's, his child hasn't been back to like where he grew up and all that sort of stuff. So he got to come home for a week and ended up getting to spend quite a bit of time together and, you know, just bullshitting back and forth and getting, you know, just catching up on different, different stuff. And then, um, the day that the cup comes, which is pretty crazy too, each player of the team gets it for 24 hours, 24 hour maximum, like total. So that thing came from Finland. They bring it in, it gets there in the morning um there's two people that are keepers of the cup uh we learned that they switch off there's actually four total that do it and they go in shifts of two and two the one guy was a school teacher fucking yeah they're just really cool guys that two tour the cup. they weren't that big no they're just normal size like, guys but like you guys could have taken them yeah but they, maybe they had like specialty fucking training like <laughs> karate taekwondo
1: they could have been like brett gardner the most unassuming <laughs> ninja yeah. that you've ever seen just tie you up in a knot in three seconds make you choke on your own arm kind of deal
0: <laughs> yeah exactly and then there are one buddy mitch message Out. Uh, that's a good shout out people know who mitch is so you can probably imagine where the story's going he goes well they're fucking like they're carrying right like they're they've got a piece like they're carrying a gun i was like no <laughs> he's like no canada. no they they, they're literally they carry a gun at all times but that thing i was like it's fucking canada bro first of all yeah. <laughs> you can't carry a weapon concealed weapon you can't have a handgun fucking without all the sort of permits and you can only take a handgun from the lock case to the shooting range are <laughs> not just fucking packing pistols in their belt with the Stanley Cup. And he's like, no, I'm fucking, I'm telling you, man. (laughs) I was like, no. Nothing like like
1: a grade eight teacher (laughs) packing a fucking revolver.
0: So that was not true. So They're not packing weapons. But um, no, so it was cool. They they told us all the different rules that go along with it of the, the, like the nostalgia of it. So you're not allowed to lift it over your head unless you've won the, won the cup. So when you do lift it over your head, Josh has to be lifting it with you. Or somebody who's won the Stanley Cup has to be doing it with you. Or when you're drinking out of it, Josh has to be a part of it. It's kind of just unwritten rules that the NHL and these players have within the groups, right, or whatever. So yeah, there's different rules that way. And you've seen how much it gets beat up. So these guys are trying to really take care of it because most of the time everybody's buzzing pretty good when they're hanging around that darn thing. So yeah, it was pretty amazing. Josh brought it to all the minor hockey kids in town and all the players and teams, they got to take pictures with the cup, with their team outside of the Art Hauser center, which is the rink in in Prince Albert where Josh played and all the, all the good hockey's played right through all the years. So gave back to his youth and to the the, um, organization that helped him grow as a hockey player. And then she was just straight to the lake and and game on. And we had a ton of fun. That's the old high school crew and fucking Josh, the Manson family and, our crew and yeah, long day from about 11 to seven. Then there was a party afterwards and I overindulged obviously during the day. So I didn't last, last long at the after party, uh, which was probably a good thing. Cause fuck, I would have been really tired for the next day, but no, it's was just, uh, yeah, it's like you say, it's hard to put into words as a Canadian kid with the Stanley Cup. And I remember somebody was like, I wouldn't touch it. It's not my It's not my trophy. I didn't win it. I wouldn't touch it. I was like, fuck that. I don't think I'm going to win a Stanley Cup for the rest of my life. Like, I don't think that's in my future. I'm taking full advantage to touch this fucking thing. So, yeah, but it yeah, is. Look, it's cool.
1: Let alone, there's not a lot of people get to even get close to it or see it in person. So, I, I'm with you. I didn't drink out of it. And oh, yeah. Touched it.
0: Christ. Fuck, yeah i mean
1: i did play with the east central hornets it was fairly (laughs) aggressive and i probably had a chance but i
0: think
1: think that ship has sailed now
0: she's sailed now yeah no i was fucking yeah like looking thinking back on it now it was yeah there was lots of cool moments with it you know like where got to take a picture with the the kids and family and like you know when the kids get older that'll be something pretty cool in school in prince albert you know that you got a picture Mm -hmm. with the cop you know just shit like that like it's for everybody else involved, I think that's where Josh got the biggest kicks was like getting to bring that joy and bring that goal or that fucking thing that that most people that he showed or let touch that or get pitches with it would never have that opportunity if it wasn't for him winning that with the Colorado Avalanche. So like it's that's the biggest thing I think is what you what you give back and the emotions and that experience that you give everybody who's helped you along the way as well as yeah. everybody that would have no other way of, of getting that thing. That was all because of him. So yeah, it was fucking pretty cool. Pretty cool day.
1: Yeah. yeah it's, uh, and the Manson family, around own Prince Albert are synonymous with hockey. Dave's well, he's dedicated his whole life to it. Right. right? Now he's never got a gone. chance
0: to now. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I was just going to say, never, never, got to win one during his playing days. Yes, he does have a chance now and that would be kind of sweet if he did. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah that'd be cool. You know, he said, uh, Dave likes to have a good time too. And, uh, uh, what he said the one time he's like, oh, we win this thing. We're going to be skydiving off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool. So yeah, like 16 years, he played number one, one. We've talked about that. So I think for like, him too, he was full-fledged, proud dad, like all around it. And you could imagine not only knowing that it's his son that did that, but also knowing how difficult that is to do, yeah. right? Let alone play yeah. in the NHL, but win the cup on top of that. If, to
1: put it in cowboy terms, I still, to this day, when someone, when I'm around somebody that has a world champion, whether it's a PRCA buckle on or a PBR world finals champion buckle on, you know, it, it's, it's cool to see that in person. oh yeah
0: fuck yeah i remember when jesse got his first world finals buckle and it was like holy shit like being all like buddies and shit we're like fuck that's a world finals buckle you know when we were kids or even the nfr buckle i always remember that of my dad's That was like you know the holy fucking grail everybody wanted to see it and right because like you say it is it's a total different game then you see world champion buckles is like You know, when you, when I started getting on tour and seeing like JBS and these guys like fucking winning the world titles and and having that buckle in the locker room, it's like, fuck, that's a lifetime of work right there that most people don't get to see. Right. That's a very small number. It's cool. It is.
1: You know, uh, yeah. Same as Canadian finals, whatever, you know, first year I got my bullfighting buckle in Oh two. I didn't put it on right away. I sat in the dressing room for a minute and just looked at it in the case because I'd seen so many of them from your dad, Mm -hmm. but this one was mine. Mine. You know, and like you're talking about the Stanley Cup in the corner, you might be eating supper, but you look over and you're like, you're mine, right? So I get it. I get
0: it. Yeah, I did that with the first first Built Ford Tough series at the time. Now it's, I don't know what they call it now. Cup Seed Monster. I don't know what the fuck. But yeah, it was the Bill Ford Tufts at that time. And that was, yeah, Anaheim. I fucking yeah. it comes in the glass case. Those that have seen them around know what they look like. And yeah, same thing. It's just like, that's like huge, right? That was what you always wanted to do. Yeah. And then it's like there. And it's like, fuck yeah. Okay, that thing's yeah. fucking sleeping with me, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh,
0: speaking of some of your favorite buckles, I'm going to your one of your favorite events this weekend the glenn keely memorial pbr gonna rip that one up you miss that one
1: i do i do i always had a blast there and i said i was going this year but due to prior commitments with kids and Braden going off to college and everything and she's a little busy i talked to justin that uh the two-bit nation bull riding uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, you know, informed them that I wouldn't make the trip because we kind of planned on going. But uh, yeah, that's a good one. Such a history behind it, and you know, in honor of a great guy. And I, my last buckle, they presented me with that buck with a buckle from that the last time I fought are, and I still wear it to this day for the simple reason that it has Glenn Keeley's name on it. So yeah, yeah it's a fun one. It's a they, <laughs> they, they like they like to have fun. They like yeah. to have
0: fun. Yeah, whenever thunderstruck hits and they played the video of glenn just obliterating bulls just spurring the fuck out of everything. right that just every hair on your neck just stands up it's like all right we're doing something cool here tonight Yeah. yeah yeah you know the thing
1: about glenn which anybody that doesn't know him um or hasn't heard of him is living under a rock but that guy was such a champion you know about or he was such a champion riding bulls and spurring bulls, but he was such a good guy out of the arena too. He was just one of them good guys all around. And that's what makes it special at bull riding and good for you for going to it and getting to, getting to fight bulls at it.
0: Yep. It's cool. Looking forward to it. Um, I went to, I don't know why it's reminding me, but I went to, um, Wayne last weekend to the bull riding there and ended up getting to, uh, stay up and solve all life's problems with uh justin volts and uh ty streeter and uh uh, val yeah we had a a good crew there ended up staying at bees but yeah it reminded me i don't know like you know like like volts is like a guy like that that i always think of too like legendary legendary bull rider one of the best that we've ever had one of the best in the world right and just humble guy that doesn't talk about it a whole bunch and all the different stuff that he did over the years but we had good chats we got to go through some picture books and kind of flashback i saw it just reminded me but we got to get volts on uh on the podcast here yeah so,
1: that's a good idea yeah, yeah we do
0: yeah we do. really good and hank obviously an integral cog of the the glenn keely memorial so uh looking forward to Having a few wobbly pops with what a, the boys this weekend. What a
1: beauty, that guy. He is. Yeah. Fuck, I love Hank. Ty yeah. Streeter, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. always on. a smile on his face and just, you know, always, uh, well, both being him, always just, that whole crew always just trying to do the best for the sport and for the bull rider, you know, and, and, uh, and doing the best at, at breeding bulls because they got some rank bulls
0: too. Yeah. Got some bad cats. So. It was good. Uh, the thing that I noticed about the three PBRs last weekend was Wayne was uh, Tofield, Alberta as well, and then on to El Nora and uh, our guys that we talked about at the start of the year. Remember we talked about we needed the, the guys to stay healthy and da 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 Well, we're at the point where we are short guys. There's about eight or nine to ten entries and double headers and uh, feeling for the guys. Everybody's beat up, banged up, and sore, but Everybody's trucking through it, but, uh, yeah, she's pretty crazy right now. i uh, you know, there isn't very many times when you go to a bull riding where there's, you know, nine guys or 10 guys, I think Marwayne had nine guys, Logan Beaver double entered, got to 10. Um, and then for the second round, they hurt some guys. So they only bucked seven bulls in the, in the second half. So yeah, it's fucking pretty wild to, to think. And I think it's got a lot to do with the border situation and the guys, the Americans not being able to come up and fill it. And then also there's just so much, so many different things on the go between rodeos and bull ridings and, and all of this extra added stuff that we just don't have enough, uh, don't have enough guys.
1: Well, don't get me started on the border. We've covered that at the last podcast, but Mm -hmm. um, I, I think too, just the theory is, is that everybody sat home for a year and three quarters basically. And, I just think guys got so excited to go to everything and as much as they could and make as many as finals as they could. This is kind of the follow-up from no fault of their own. I mean, no. I probably would probably would do the same thing in their shoes. You just want to go, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's tough to – we're going to be triple entering here pretty soon. You know, if it – Yeah, then we'll it, wipe it, the it, rest
0: it. of them out. Tell me well,
1: that's it. the thing. Like, it's yeah. tough to put a production on um, or satisfy the spectator who – you know, in the end pays the bills, I guess, with, you know, eight to nine guys. So yeah. hopefully been guys good start- shows
0: though. You know what I mean? Like that's For sure. the, the best part about it. Like the the ones that they have been doing, the rides that have been put on, you know, they're staying on bulls and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been good that way. It's just crazy to think that, you know, I remember not getting into bull ridings, you know, like yeah. now you can't fill the damn thing. So I don't know yeah. if that's a test to Fucking, you know, not a bunch of young guys or or bulls killing everybody off, or I don't know what it is, but it the fucking proves right there right now that something's going on because legit eight entries total, right, or nine entries total, so it's pretty crazy. And if you're a young guy, you know, you got a chance to to jump up and and make the Canada finals, right? Step up in there and do it, yeah. or you know, lots of the American guys maybe that are close to the border or whatever it might be, you could come up and make a good run and, and get it, get it going. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know what the, what the answer is for it, but it's, um, yeah, it's not great to see that's for sure for the sport.
1: Well, it, well, you said it too, though, just as an example, Josh and Tan uh, at McGrath there at the two bit mm-hmm. nation. That was that night where well, I think we had 12 guys double entered, correct? Yeah. Something like that. And then lost a couple of the second round, but that was outstanding bull riding. Would we have an 88, 88 and a half?
0: No, the boys um, fucking stock them. Griffin Feltzer made a bull ride. Logan Beaver. Logan Beaver, a bull yeah. Bull yeah. A bunch of good fucking bull rides, like,
1: actually. So the guys are coming to ride that, that are healthy and, yep. and sticking it on some ranked bulls. And uh so, I mean, obviously the the heart and the try is still there. It's just some guys got to
0: heal up and then we'll be back at her. Yeah, I think back, it's just yeah. due to the fact that we're short- we're short guys, you know what I mean. We're yeah. short bull riders. That's that's the the end all be all. And then you lose four or five, and then you you know there's a rodeo on, and they go to that one, and it, there's not enough guys up here to separate it as much as it does get, and then that's when you get stuff like that going on, right? But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the Canada Cup events bring at the end of the year. Maybe just add more money, get more guys. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I tell Jason that, Jason, you fuck add more money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, that's why he's not on here tonight. He's yeah. trying to make us all more money. We know. We know that. <laughs> we know you know that.
0: Nah. Nah. <laughs> okay. uh, Canada, uh, Canada high school finals. Scott, you were there. How'd it go for the boys? I've seen uh, bull riding Was Trinity Bear? I think, won the title at the Canadian high school finals. So congrats to him. Shout out to him. What, uh, what stands out for you about the high school finals, the youth, what's going down over there?
1: Lots of talent. Lots of talent in Canada in every event. Um it was a great finals uh you know i of course paid a lot of attention to the bull riding they had a nice good decent pen of bulls. some good young bulls, some older bulls just you know turned back and um there were some good bull rides uh blade young's boy grady made some good rides uh yeah I, you know the future's bright um mm-hmm. you know of course you know you fought them before it's a long day and uh, actually a shout out to, uh, jet Lockie. He won the junior bull ride in there. Nice. Um, yeah, kid from Manitoba just down the road here. So he was pretty stoked. And did
0: you coach uh, him? Did you teach him all your skills?
1: No, crazy. <laughs> he, he would, like, you know how that would end. We're started. both. um, Braden and Dylan didn't do too, didn't do too much in the team. Open. Um, Dylan ended up, uh, fourth in the, uh, cutting or fifth in the cutting and fourth in the reigning cow horse. so had a uh, successful weekend and um, braden fought bulls every day there and uh cool. yeah he's he's uh he's doing good so uh logan logan cadillac our little buddy there he he guides him along and you know it's nice to see that that's happening already again next gen next, next gen, gen. Right? So,
0: yeah his jerseys oh, look, you, good. look good he oh, looked good Yeah, Yeah, you
1: look good, feel good, he says. Oh uh, good.
0: Okay. But well then it, let's it rip the ad read quick. Sorry, I gotta cut you off because I thought of of Braden and that jersey, and there was a picture where he looked like you, and there was lots of comments on it. That it's like, Well, oh, I fucked that was Scott. He commented, Yeah, a foot fucking shorter or <laughs> something <like that. laughs> yeah, Right, he would yeah. Oh uh, but yeah, uh, he's got his good uh he's got his hooked up gear on. Looks fucking beautiful. If you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. But for the biggest moments under the bright lights. In the biggest situations, get hooked up. Hooked Up Enterprises is a creative partner for Western sports and beyond, providing customized arena wear for some of the rodeo's most elite athletes and state of the art arena wrap display products for some of Western sports' most prestigious events. They are the official in arena gear of the NFP podcast. Find out more at www.gethookedup.com. That's get hookedup.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok stand up stand out and stay hooked and if you use the code nfp at the point of purchase you'll get a discount i can't remember right now what the fuck off the top of my head what the discount is but it's great don't, don't
1: yeah don't <laughs> don't throw a number out i don't want we'll to <laughs> yeah. use yeah.
0: nfp use nfp whenever you're shopping or when you're uh getting your arena gear or your bullfighting gear or whatever you're getting use nfp and get a discount on it so um, yeah, great guys over there hooked up, got our jerseys looking good. I'll be wrapping them this weekend, Pinch of Creek as well. So yeah, styling and profiling
1: the process of anybody that's thinking about ordering those jerseys or whatever's offered, uh, very painless. I mean, you order, the best part is they give you feedback of what they think would work. Boom, boom, boom. Done. They're in the mail.
0: Yeah. 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 That was mostly me too. It was just like, you listen to the podcast, you know, kind of like what I'm about. I don't really give a fuck. Just make it look cool. You know what I mean? Like I'm not worried about being over the top. So give me something flashy and cool. Sent me back his badass design. It was kind of half tie-dye. And I was like, yep, sold, baby. Add the logos and we're good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very good. That's a good deal.
0: Uh, Shout out Baxter Black. We haven't got to that yet. Baxter Black passes away. Legendary cowboy, cowboy poet, the man Baxter Black. He uh, passed away, so. Yeah, thinking about him and his whole crew. Yeah, did you ever read him?
1: When, no, I never did. Never oh. did. Would have loved to though. Just because oh. he, I, you know, I'd always read all his poetry and stuff, and it was kind of related to the Western way of life. Off, oh, not kind of. It was, so it always kind of made yeah. you chuckle because a lot of the experiences that he talked about, you'd been through yourself. So yeah. you know, the mean cow or whatever it would be. So
0: extra black. Oh yeah. <laughs> Probably that's yeah, the best story, but <laughs> I had know my one uh well, I've seen him a few times at different events and stuff like that. But, but the first time I ever seen him, I didn't know who he was at all. And um it includes uh Josh Matson. He was playing for the ducks at that time, and we were in uh Arlington, Texas at the uh, the American the first year, and it finished up and it was in the afternoon, it was at night, so we we're in the bar. This little like bar where everybody goes to in Arlington, and we're watching the TVs, and it's on the TV, and uh Baxter Black like came and stood in front of me, like right at the bar. We were sitting at the table, and I was trying to watch, and stood like right where the TV was. But he would like have no idea that that's where the TV was. And then all these people are coming like to talk to him and get autographs. Since there's all these people in front of me, and I was like, "Fuck, get the fuck out of the way!" Like, what the fuck? Everybody, get out of here in front of them. I'm trying to watch the hockey game here. And Jesse fucking hits me, and he's like, "Hey." shut the fuck up i was like what did you know what that is like no i don't give a fuck though i'm trying to watch hot games like that's baxter black bro
1: <laughs> oh you know you dressy dress you up you just can't take
0: you up, eh? yeah yeah that was my first baxter black experience but yeah great guy great stories and thinking about uh thinking about that living a good good life and yeah it's pretty cool cowboy legend for sure uh, the team series has been really cool watching that. Uh, my pick, obviously, the Missouri Thunder out in front, not too shabby. Jason's uh, Gamblers, I think they're second place. So they're pretty good. How, how are you doing there, Scott? You're doing okay. I, I, you're in the mix. yeah.
1: I don't. I don't even know where I'm sitting right now. Like
0: you're in the middle. Them. You're right in the mix. Oh. It's still early though. You know what I mean. Yeah.
1: Hey, you guys made fun of me for Dalen, for picking Dalen when he was hurt. <laughs> and what did he do? He uh, came back like a year later to won the world. So, hey, I have no – I'm not scared. I'm not yeah. worried one bit.
0: No, actually. I know you're not. I know you're not. Bad. So we'll see how that plays out. But Colton Fritzlin, our guest, it was great. That's why it was such a great time to have him. He's been really stepping out and uh, stepping up for his team, been the all-star of his team as well. Obviously, Jose Vitor Leme for the Gamblers. He's in the MVP – Lead, but uh, it's been great to see some of the guys that um maybe didn't have the greatest first part of the year now with this team series. Like we talked about, it's bringing in different aspects of different guys' games and helping some guys excel. Some guys obviously aren't having the success that they'd want to, but I think all in all, you're seeing better bull riding. You see guys like Ezekiel Mitchell and Derek Kolbaba that are just riding through the roof, the riding percentages are are awesome. They're kicking ass and they're riding like the people that we know how they are. So it's, I don't know if it's, maybe it is the team stuff or they're just riding different momentum strengths, but I think that it is the whole team aspect of having that team behind you, having that coach with you. It's not necessarily the coach is teaching you anything. It's just that mental aspect that these guys have your back and you're riding for them like the Global Cups.
1: Do you also think that it's a fact that they can kind of set guys on certain bulls?
0: Oh, for sure. You know, yep. Within
1: like, yeah. I mean, that's obviously a coach's job to figure that out. But I mean, man, if you can cater to a guy's riding style, whether a guy rides better away from his hand into his hand, you know, whatever the case may be, I think that's and you know, that being said, if you can get a guy on bulls that that um, suit him, obviously that's a confidence builder, which plays back into the team aspect, which flows down the way and everybody's better for it right
0: for sure yeah it's cool and i think these these owners in like these places that are hosting them and and the different spots that they're going to i think that they're doing a good job of selling it with these concerts and they're making more of like festivals out of out of what they're doing throughout the weekend you see like the concerts that are going to go on in nashville and these different spots with the home teams and shit like that it's just yeah, they're kind of trying to make it a different game. And if you notice the inner arena stuff, they've changed all the the signage and stuff. It's all digital digital signage now and a bunch of different aspects that, that they're bringing into it. Different look. It's kind of like an Alpha Bull Chad Best Plug bull riding look now. So, yeah, it's, fucking, um, it's really cool to see. I think that it's great for... The sport guys seem to be behind it. So yeah, team series is gonna be cool. Colton Fritzson has a lot of insights on that that we're gonna to get to right away though. So we'll uh we'll get to that pretty quick. Couple housekeeping items before we get done. Uh slash gets put into the hall of fame, the legendary slash from uh BJB slash from uh bold rodeo. It's pretty cool to see that bull going in there. You fought him a lot, got you down a few times, did he not?
1: Oh uh, yeah, we had a history. We had a history. I got a quick funny story about that bull. Uh, Jason Finkbiner was on him at the CFR. And I, I want to say, I, I can't even remember what here. It doesn't matter. And that bull, if he had horns would have been, you know, that bull would have been, he was respected. Don't get me wrong. Cause he bucked, but mm. if he would have had a foot of horn on each side, he, he would have been feared.
0: I'll oh yeah. Say. Yeah.
1: Because he was a muley, you know, whatever. But I dove in there. He he threw Jason Finkbinder down and I, bear hugged his head and he hit me so hard I clamped up and ripped his ear tag out <laughs> like that's you know just yes. boom hit me and it was funny because he was right in front of the chute that he came from and Nansen was standing up there and I just handed the ear tag to Nansen I said you might need this you know
0: <laughs> about but, in his ear.
1: <laughs> yeah I uh that was a good bull boy he uh bucked every time I had the heart of a lion and uh yeah congratulations to the Nansen and his gang and that bull, especially.
0: Yeah, big time. Seen lots of great rides on him. Aaron Roy wins the truck on him um in North Battleford that one year. Uh Buck Ponzial a few times for big time money for Canadian Championship. And Pinoca one year, he was just he was the man, like you know, during our generation. You know, he was the fucking dog and he was the he was a Muley, but he was the one that you knew was there. Chad Best Buck yeah. rides him in the 10 round and then goes on to win Calgary, lots of different stuff. Little pump on the back, first guy to ride him at a rodeo right here, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. I had to wait till it was his last out ever, but got him got him road anyway, the CFR. So that was nice. that's
1: that's one thing that was even I think more uh or that made him cool was that he you would be you know high, high eighties on him if you rode him. Like he would he was rideable, yeah, but you had you couldn't stub a toe. You know, yeah. he took advantage every every mistake that a bull rider would make, but you know, he would, he would let you ride him once
0: yep. in a while. Yep. Once at a rodeo one time, guess who that was? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess the other times were like yeah. bull rides in Calgary and shit. I don't know what the hell it was, but yep. It's nice. So I'll have that one. So that's pretty cool. And then shifter got his head done for uh, a So it's all painted up. So that's pretty cool. Live forever that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. He deserves it.
0: Okay. Wicked. So this has been great. We could chat back and forth for days on days, me and you, Scott. So uh, we'll probably get Jason back maybe for the next one. I don't know. He's fucking, he's fucking, what a guy. Hey, this busy, busy, busier than everybody else. But before we get to the interview, this podcast, as well as this interview is brought to you by Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert is home of the award-winning Ram truck. They are the brand new trust to haul a trailer load of Rank Bulls along with your crew up front in the cab. Whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no bullshit deal on your next truck and tell them Tanner saying it. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the NFP podcast. Great dudes. Ty uh, Ty Moe sent me a cool picture of his kid on the beach with his NFP hat on and said, NFP every day, baby. But okay we'll be back hopefully uh we get jason back with us jason's with us for the interview so that's cool a lot of fun sorry that you know we're we're back and forth but we're trying to kick these out as much as we can in the winter time we'll try to get back to one a week or one every two weeks for sure to make up for these hiatuses that we've been on but we appreciate you guys we love you guys and this is our interview with colton Fritzland.
1: Colton Fritzland wins in his debut. The last time we saw that was last year with Cole Malanson at Iron Cowboy. But Colton Fritzland just like that with three qualified rides is part of a very exclusive club. rides technically as good as anybody. Going to go right going to test him round the corner he's in good shape bull
3: fading all the way across he's already faded three buckets oh he's all i
1: mean he's making it go on that's just that's the twist right there so i'm sold on colton fritzland yes
3: gary LaFew, i'm in your camp on this boy he's, <laughs> he can do
1: it fritzland is the franchise the number one pick For the Thunder, sealing the deal with eight seconds, cool, calm, collected, the swagger, the intensity, the Missouri Thunder, they've got all the ingredients of superstardom.
0: Our guest today is an NFR qualifier, a PBR World Finals qualifier, the winner of the aggregate at the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo the American Rodeo Champion, a winner on the Elite Series of the PBR, and most recently selected in the first round of the inaugural PBR team's draft to the Missouri Thunder, it's Colorado's Colton Fritzler. Colton, how are we doing today, my man?
3: We're doing good. How y'all doing?
0: Good. Thanks for yeah, joining man. in. Thanks for joining in. What's, uh, what's shaking? What do you got on the go? Where do we catch you today?
3: Yeah, shoot today, just uh, getting busy, getting ready to head to Nashville tomorrow. Um working on my, building my arena right now, so we've been pretty busy with that and just getting the ball rolling and, and getting after it.
0: So what was last weekend? You were in, in Anaheim and then obviously Nashville this weekend, like you said. So what is your, what's your week kind of pile up? What do you get up to during the week? You're in Texas now, right? Is there a bunch of stuff on the go there? What do you do during the week now?
3: Yeah, yeah, down here in Texas now. Um, get back and get back to it, I guess. Um, I like to stay in the gym. Um, you know, stay in shape or whatnot. And then other than that, I mean kind of just fill my days with riding horses or working on my place or going to Buck Bulls or somewhere until you know that Thursday rolls around and we're fr- we're flying out to a different show. So you got uh
1: you got any of your Thunder teammates close by?
3: Yeah, Jesse lives about 35 minutes from me and we go work out almost every day. Um nice. so it ain't bad. So but that's about it. We'll go up to Ross's too, um, about once a week. Um, we'll go rope and ride Colts or you know, whatever, whatever Ross man's got in store for us, y'all know how he is. So he's always got cowboy shit to do around there. So um yeah. So other than that's about the closest as far as the team goes. Damn,
0: that's pretty cool. Uh you think of it, right? You think of you're on the Missouri Thunder team. So it's like, all right, fucking home base is Missouri, but most of you guys are right right, right around there, right? So that's got to help with, like, it's probably new as fuck to everybody, but, like, team camaraderie and all that shit and the practicing, even just hanging out with Ross as the coach and you and Jesse, like you say. Uh, do you think that that does, does help a lot with, like, say you're riding? You guys are obviously killing it right now if you look at the the standings and whatnot. Is that outside stuff helping you think?
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I love to stay busy. I love to. We're doing cowboy stuff. Ross, he'll push you in more ways you wouldn't think. Um, and then having Jesse down the road, I mean, all we talk about is bull ride. I mean, that's we eat, sleep, and breathe it. Um, we don't talk about anything else. When we're in the gym, that's all we talk about. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, when you're around people that are so I mean ate up with bull ride and want to get better, you have no no excuse or no reason not to get better.
0: Yeah, hundred. Okay, we'll uh, we'll get into the team stuff in in a little bit. I think I got tons of fucking tons of questions for you on the team stuff right from the to the get-go. But uh, before we do, I want to take it back kind on of what we do on lots of these pods and you're up bringing in the sport from Colorado. Um, every day was it was it rodeo, bull riding? Did you grow up in a rodeo family? What's the what's the path of of success for Colton as a young guy coming up? Yeah,
3: so I didn't get into bull riding until I was about seven years old. Um, but from the time I was born till then, I was around horses and cows. Um, you know, we ran cows, put up hay, ran horses and stuff. And honestly, started watching eight seconds every day, kind of sort of deal. And, uh, told my dad one day, I was a bull rider and I told everybody to at school. And I mean, <laughs> I, I hadn't, I hadn't done it yet, but I, I was pretty confident <laughs>
1: you know? I done it yet, but I'm so, going to do it.
3: Yeah. So I just kind of just walked and treated like myself as I was a bull rider. And my dad, I think he might've got tired of it. Might've seen if, if I was legit or not. And we went down to this arena, my grandma and grandpa's had some open steers and Colton got fucking scared and, <laughs> <laughs> real quick, but shoot, we, we just uh, we rolled with the punches, got on my first couple there, and just went up from there. Um, I lived in Rangeley, Colorado, which is the northwest corner from the time I was little till I think we moved there when I was nine, into Rifle. Um, and I was fortunate to have family that, you know, once they seen that I was going to do this for – a career, they were all in, like, there was no doubt, no, no BS around it, you know, and so when we moved to rifle, I mean, I, I had a handful of bulls, you know, not bulls, but at the time, you know, miniature bulls, the steers, to calves, you know, um, which worked hand in hand, because my dad bulldogged at the time, so any of the bigger, you know, steers that they bulldogged, I mean, that's what I got on, you know, and so it worked out perfect, and then, they just kind of, as I got older and better, they just kind of stepped up the, the, I guess to say, the power. And then we started into junior bulls. And then, you know, so there was always bulls and stuff and for me to practice around the house. So, um, but that's that's all. I mean, I rode. Uh, I rode bucking horses. Um, I bulldogged too. Um, but the main focus has always been, you know, riding bulls, you know. So, um, but when I was in high school, I got serious about it and kind of, kicked the other step to the curb.
1: Well, there you go, listeners. Just put your mind to it. Colton Fritson was a bull rider before he even knew he was a bull rider in his mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, your like, mind, man. Fucking Yeah, yeah. just set so. your mind right. It <laughs> hey, was, was a, was a, was, was a red-white face by the name of Charles? Was that one of the ropers? <laughs> uh, yeah. So there, there's
3: a – I think that was like the third bull I'd ever bought. First two were two Bravers. One, one kind of buck, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, he kind of swapped <laughs> in, turned back, and uh, it, we called him dipping, you know, after, like, reindeer dipping. Yeah. Like, we had fun with it, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, the other one was a big, kind of a bigger gray bull, and he sucked. I hated him. Like, he, I remember he bit me one day. Like, he just he – <laughs> and he didn't buck. He didn't. He just kind of trot off around a circle. But Charlie, man, uh, we actually mm-hmm. got him an iPhone. Eye- um, a guy down the road, that's all he'd done was raised miniature Herefords. And my dad's like, well, that's perfect. So we went and bought him and bucked him. And sure enough, he freaking kicked out their one round the right. And that thing pissed me off because I, I couldn't ride him. Like, he bucked me off. All of time. I mean, I only rode him a handful of times when I was younger. And no, no BS, my dad would mark an X in our arena. And he, he'd, like, look at me and say, that's where you're going to land right there and i'd get so mad you know <laughs> and uh, i mean made me want to ride him you know but he just like herford just sucks back up for you, and he just ride right over his shoulder every time and i just i'd get up so mad he'd be laughing at me but oh charlie he he, he was so cool i mean you can feed him out of your hand he was gentle he was, but then he also made me mad because he butt me off you know quite a bit but
0: Let's oh, go. Cool. There's some good YouTube videos. I was doing some research, just to yeah. Hang up. So, Oh yeah, hang up.
1: oh yeah,
3: pretty good. Yeah, hey, I did. I did riding though. If you're wondering, I did writing a handful of times. You didn't. You didn't get the best of me all them years.
1: Was the Missouri? Was the Missouri Thunder using those YouTube videos for their recruiting?
3: I have no idea. <laughs> I hope they didn't use some of them.
0: No shit, dude. Probably that's really like younger generation. You're 22 years old now which is pretty crazy all the stuff that you've already done but um everything is on fucking youtube now for Like sure. when these guys are five years old and up for right?
2: sure. so crazy. yeah for
0: sure <laughs> and then uh when did you go to the gary lefew guru school of bow and is that i don't know from what i've researched and what i've seen that's been a big influence on you and i know a guy like Cody Lostro obviously is a huge influence on you. Another guy sure. with uh with the Gary LaFuse stuff, which pretty much everybody, I guess, now goes mm-hmm. back to the different styles and stuff. But uh when did uh when did you go to, to Gary and, and start some of that learning?
3: So I was uh about 13 and Josh Cochell and Cody Lostro used to put on a school out there in none. Um, and I went to it for a couple of years and we were just that was kind of that transition of getting on like junior bulls to some open bulls I guess you could say in high school I was getting to heading to high school and I was having trouble I mean I'll be honest with you I wouldn't run crap and uh you know we asked Josh and Cody like what what the best what the best place to go to was in their eyes and they mentioned Gary um so we went to Spanish Fork Utah that fall winter time and Gary had, I don't know how many kids there, but it wasn't a very good school because he had so many kids there. You really, I mean, you got a little bit out of it, but you didn't get a lot. Well, we just came up with the idea that we got the whole place. We got bulls we can come, you know, can come in for a camp. We might as well just put some schools on at the house. So we did that for two or three years. And then, I mean, one, I mean, I spent Christmas out there one year. I spent a month out there working for him. Getting around it. I went back another week or so before college. Um I've been around him quite a bit. Um, but it all started right there when I was 13, 14 and went till I was I think the last one I went to was when I was 17, eight, uh, 18.
1: Yeah. Do you still do you still
3: hear from Josh at all, Colton? Not Josh so much. I need to call him. You know, he's he's pretty quiet. He's out there, yeah. And yeah. He's out there none, you know. So uh no, I do need to call him though. Um, I told Lostro that the other day, but uh, I think he's just still doing the same stuff. He's just got a bunch of bucking calves and doing that yeah. over you know, and probably welding.
1: So, you remember him, Scott? He used to come up Canada lot to our PBR events. He used to come yeah. up. Yeah. Well, did too, a few, but Josh, well, yeah. we saw Josh lots, but you'd never know he was there unless you saw his name on the program. For if you're in the, the corner, him. just like quiet, like a church mouse, you know, yeah. you'd have to really almost get right in front of him for him to lift his head up and say hello, and, you know, he's a yeah. pretty quiet
0: guy. I know too. He was, like, super underrated, too, because he's yeah. quiet like Logan Beaver style was He's really Logan Beaver. Yeah. He's yeah. Logan
1: Bieber in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a
0: good shit. Yeah. Off track, but jumping to the team stuff, do you think Lostro's pissed that he didn't get you on his team, knowing, knowing that you guys have had the past and the history, and was that somebody that – a team that you wanted to go to? Yeah,
3: so – I mean, I don't know. I haven't talked to him after the draft. really haven't talked to anybody, any coaches, really about the draft. But, you know, Love sure I called me, you know, right before the draft and and was saying, you know, about the team stuff. But honestly, I didn't put much thought into it. I mean, I, I'll i be honest, I was hurt at the time. So my main focus was getting right, getting healthy before I was going to do anything. You know, wherever I was at in the draft, that's, I mean, that's where I was at. So, um, you know, as far as, I mean, I'm happy where I'm at. By no means, you know, um, there's always good out of and out of anything. So um, the team's good. I like I like the guys on our team. You know, um, bunch of first cowboys. Plays uh, good. Uh, good. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's going well, and 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 I think we're we've got a lot to improve in myself as well, um, and we learn from each other too. So that's always
1: good. You know, looking Colton here uh, now that the fans are starting, like, this was new for everybody. I, I mean, everyone, you know, I think Sean and Chad had everything in their head what what they wanted uh, to present to the audience and to the riders. And now that we're the third event in and you see this MVP race for, is it 50K, right? 50 K right? 50,000. Is that something like you see that heating up here? Like, you know, where guys are really going to start paying attention. Just, you know, it just takes a weekend like last weekend where, you know, Dalen doesn't cover one. He drops down. Uh, Jose rides two, I believe, though. So he's kind of got about uh, what would you say? He's a four, is he four bulls ahead of everybody almost? Yeah. Three, three for sure. Yeah. Is that is that something you're thinking about every week though? Or is it more of a team win for you guys?
3: For me, it's just whenever my coach puts me in, I guess now, you know, whenever whenever he gives me an opportunity, that's when I need to pull the trigger and get my job done. So yeah. Whether or not, I mean, that's all up to him. He wants to play everybody, you know, and I and I have no control whatsoever if he puts me in or out. But if he if he damn sure has me in, then I want to stay on and do my job and, and yeah, I mean it's in the back of your head, but you know, I I tend not to like to think about that kind of stuff. I think to just if I stay on everything will take care of itself, you know, and, and just getting better every week and every day to where, you know, hopefully in Vegas, you see yourself there, you know.
0: Yeah. Who's making the decisions? Is it Luke? Is it Ross? Is it a team? All you guys kind of putting in input, or you do what you're told? But mostly it's
3: Ross and Luke. Um, You know, if there's somebody that's a little banged up or whatever, you know, they're obviously <laughs> going to tell Ross or Luke. But, um, And that's another thing. Like, Luke told me, like, I don't, I'll always be in unless, you know, unless I somehow want an off week or off day or whatever. Um, it's more of the kind of fourth and fifth guy, you know, because even on alternates, I mean, alternates are really good too. I mean, they mm-hmm. stay on it well. I mean, Adrian Salgado has been riding good. Um, Machado, I don't think y'all heard of him much, but the guy can ride.
2: Okay. Um,
3: so, and, and there, I mean, Callum Miller, y'all know Callum. Um, he <laughs> steps up there. Um, when that guy fires off, I mean, you can't buck him up anything. So, it's – they're in a little tougher spot, I should say. Um, you know, putting them guys in or out. But
1: so three events in here, uh, Colton. Where would you rather see this business go? Back to what would you sooner be on the UTB or or see a full season teams?
2: I mean,
3: I'll be honest. You can't be a gold buckle. I mean, when you're growing up, you don't. Hey, which I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from the teams. You know, but.
1: Growing. Well, that's up, a good point. That's a good point, though. That's what you guys have kind of set your mind on from day one.
3: For sure. I mean, growing up, when I was, since I started this, I mean, I remember staying up, I mean, till the sun came up, just watching the people World Finals, or you know, because it airs so late, you know. And when I was younger, I mean, I just lay on the living room floor and just watch bull riding, you know, and watch watch a gold buckle be one. Not, not other stuff, you know, yeah. but. Along the sides of that, I mean, I don't mind having a coach or, I mean, Ross has gave me contacts that I think if I had never met him, that he probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have the contacts. I mean, I could probably go out of my way, but I'm not like that. You know, Ross kind of sets it up, you know, so that's nice having that, you know, opportunity, but coming down to the business, I mean, you can't, like I said, you can't beat a gold buckle. So um, whether or not, I, I, I hope, and, pray it stays that you know they have a regular
0: season for us um but we'll see yeah they both have their ups and downs right obviously yeah like you say and i think there's 10 of you guys or a handful of you guys that legitimately have a shot at that world title in the in the single season right and then you might get a few new guys every now and again but for a lot of guys this is this is as big as it'll get right not being ignorant but you know what i'm saying like yeah. not for the lots of these deals. guys this fucking yeah. team yeah this team's deal is giving them huge opportunity and i have a chance at a championship team championship with your with your team so i think that like you say they both have their their uh wins and their losses <laughs> considering with it but i know you a guy that's super dead set and always has been set on world championships right there's like different guys that their goal is to get on tour you know like it's just different levels you are that elite guy that a world championship <laughs> is within your gaps and in reality, it was something that you could get for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, I look at it too, is th- there's op- there's op- actually two seasons now, you know, like yeah. Yeah. you guys got two opportunities to make really good money yeah. here right now. So I just, you know, I just hope there's enough, uh, time in between events, you know, cause it is bull riding and it's dangerous. You guys get banged up and it, you want to compete, and I see the teams deal here now that guys are riding hurt like they're going down the free agent list right now. You know, we've got calls on Brock Radford last week to go to Nashville, like from two different teams, and they're they're needing guys, and that's that's yeah. the problem with bull riding. Uh, have you guys seen the twenty three UTB schedule yet, Colton? Yeah, I
3: seen. So our the team finals are in what they're the fourth through the sixth. Yeah. Our first event's in Tucson, the 23rd to the 25th, somewhere in November, same month. No kidding. Same <laughs> month. They're, they're giving us a two week break and then we're kicking back off in Tucson. And we go, they have, oh, i God. seen the schedule from November and, you know, last week in November, December, January. And then they didn't have anything planned after that, I don't think.
0: Fuck, wow, that's aggressive. I didn't think it'd start till January. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I want to jump. I want to jump back here a little bit, but if we're going back to the teams. And, and Colton, you did say the individual gold buckle has you know, always been the goal. It's been every bull rider, every cowboy's dream to wear that. Do we know, as far as the teams are concerned, the champion team at the end of the year will they get everybody get a buckle, much like a like a Stanley Cup ring? Um, is that how that's all going to play out? Do we know that kind of stuff? And would you get a team gold buckle?
3: Yeah, as far as that, as far as the awards, I don't know. I don't know if there's a ring. I don't know if there's that. The only thing I've seen is pay. That's the only thing I've seen at the end of the year. Um, But I haven't seen whatsoever, you know, rings, buckles, whatever. Um, But kind of going back to the team deal, something I might have left out, is I think if you kind of look at it as an investment – this team deal, I mean, you kind of have some control in it. Like you can put yourself in the positions that you're uncomfortable with to get comfortable to where that when that regular season does come around. When you feel that feeling, you've been there and done that before, you know, I mean, it's, it, you know, through the regular season I mean, you can do it as well. But like this team deal, I mean, you can put yourself in predicament and say you're going to see, you know, so you're not so green when that regular season comes back around, if that makes sense. And you, okay. and you just fire off, you know, it's just like, yeah, I've seen this done that missed another day and paradise, you know, and here we go. So that's one thing I have seen through the team deal um, through myself, you know, is you can put yourself, like I said, in those predicaments, you know, and other guys can too. I mean, you know, the way, you know, if they have trouble one way or the other, then they can, they can focus on that and and, and get better doing it. Or if it's, it's pressure situations if it's if it's working out if it's staying in shape if it's getting your mind right I mean I think now is the time to get after it you know and and instead of just gun ho I mean take time to look at what you need to work on and then you know get after it
1: Mm -hmm. do you miss do you miss trying to compete at the yellow shoots Colton or have you, you you realize that you know you can only do so much in a season your body can only handle so much like what where, where's your head at with that? Yeah, yeah,
3: definitely. I missed it. And it it really, it took an injury to, I mean, wake my ass up, honestly. Um, in 2021, I was, I don't know, top 10 or something in the PBR standings in the beginning of the year. Well, then I rolled right into the American and win the American. Well, now I'm top 10 in the PBR in the world in PRCA. I'm like, well, shit, what do I do now? You know, like, I didn't, I didn't want to choose one or the other at the time because – you know, obviously it'd be really cool to do the best of both worlds. And I tried to, but I mean, I, I think my body just couldn't hold up and where I got hurt wasn't even at a rodeo or a PBR is in the package pin. But I think I was just, I put too much pressure on myself because I wanted to get there and stay there, you know, and, and then just keep getting better and better. Instead of putting up my eggs all in one basket, working my tail off in this field and being the best in one area instead of Instead of like half and half or, you know, 60, 40 or whatever you want to say, you know. So, um, but if all goes in plan, I mean, I'd, I'd like to go rodeo again, you know, at the end of my career. I'd like to kind of do it, get an RV, load up. Here we go, go to 65 rodeos or something like that and make finals, and you know, potentially win a gold buckle or two over there, too.
0: JB Mooney's JB Mooney's. I was
1: just gonna
3: say that. <laughs> yeah. <Like it> ain't. <laughs> Maybe a few years younger
0: than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you are you around JB at all down there? Are you guys near each other? I know he's in yeah. Texas now too. Yeah, yeah. You guys Yeah, he died probably
3: 30 minutes from me, probably too.
0: Yeah, so I know I noticed when you kind of first got on tour, that's kind of who you were hanging around with a little bit, right? So was he yeah. a guy that you knew before that, or you just kind of wanted to be around him knowing who he was, or what kind of drew you to him when you first got on tour? And was there some, some good advice and situations that he got you?
3: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So first time I met JB, we were at this wedding, and I'm not going to say names, whatever, but – KB got Colton drunk, really drunk, <laughs> <laughs> and was not very well. Um, you know, we talked about bull rider or whatever that during that week or whatever, and then, you know, I was running for a day, flew out, yada, yada, you know, whoop do. doo um, And then when I heard he moved here, I don't, I don't even remember how we, you know, clicked back together. I don't know if he invited me back out to the house or what, but I, when I was hurt, I was out there almost every day. You know, I try to be out there as much as I can. And um, and then, yeah, like when, when I first got on tour, he was still on tour. Well, I mean, that's one of the guys I looked up to, you know, growing up. I used to watch videos of him. I used to break down his rides, you know, his attitude, you know. So it wasn't a question that, I mean, I wasn't going to be some fanboy just on his ass all the time. But whenever I could be around him and, you know, learn something, I wanted to. Um, and, yeah, he, he's had so much advice for, to me. I mean, um, you know, we went to a couple rodeos together here when I was rodeoing a little bit um, there last year. And, I mean, that's – talked about bull riding and, and life and stuff. And then uh, we bought some bulls together. They didn't really work out. Um, but every once in a while he'll call me out and he'll have a new – Try to
0: full of them and we'll
3: go work through them or whatever and just
0: hang out and whatnot. So, but yeah, he's right down the road and I mean he's taught me a bunch too. So yeah, yeah. books and bowls, drink some beers, smoke some <laughs> marbles. marbles, yeah, marbles. <laughs> <he> can, <laughs> he killers.
3: He can, Damn red, yeah.
0: <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um, you talk about rodeo and, and the injury that came with it, uh, from the research that I've done because I'm such an avid fucking podcaster these days, Jason and Scott, as you know, (laughs) the injuries were a big part of you uh, from your youth, right? You got hurt quite a bit, like, when you were really young and and some serious injuries, right, that you had to overcome as as pretty much a kid. For sure,
3: yeah. Um, First thing, I was, like, nine years old. Um, I was riding, you know, calves, and then I had a little bareback rigging. So I had a donkey around there. I rode steers with it calves i mean i wanted to be an all-round you know when i was younger um growing up and i was in my back again and just landed on my arm wrong and uh dislocated my elbow broke my forearm and fractured my elbow um went to the hospital whatever they put my elbow back in had surgery on my arm thought we were a-okay off we go like four years down the road my elbow started giving troubles well they found a fracture four years later in that arm and so they took it out, put a bone graft in with two screws. I broke a screw. They went back in. I think I've had four surgeries on it. Because um, then, I, I mean, I just went back. And then the last time I went back, because then bone grafts wouldn't graft to my bone. Like, they, they'd start, so they think it'd be healed and send me on my way. Well, then I'd come back and be like, well, you know, it's not. Well, that graft had went. So last year, they took a bone chip out of my back put it in my arm with four plates, six screws, hasn't hindered me since. Um, Got healthy from that, and then um, I messed up my shoulder a little bit. Nothing major, whatever, just took some time off. Um, I was healthy for a week, and it was my junior year. I was heading to Shawnee and Nationals. Um, I think it was like three or four weeks before that. And I don't know what I was thinking about I was fighting bulls one day.
2: I was
3: fighting and riding. You know, I, I figured I'd step around a few, and then I'd go throw my shit on and, and practice or whatever. And this big old high horn plumber, you know. I step around him a couple times, and I don't know why, but I wanted more. So I <laughs> it to him. And I just start slapping this sucker on the nose. Like he's right here on my butt and I'm just whacking in the nose. Well, he timed it out to when I was back, his horn hit me in the side, stepped on my leg, broke my leg, both bones in my leg. Oh, so back, back to the dock we went. Um, and I mean, honestly, as a junior, obviously, like I said, so I was broke didn't have no money. Um, Now I'm hurt with a leg injury, you know what I mean? Um, I don't have a job. I can't get a job. And um, my dad used to run this fireworks stand that's been in the family for years. So I'm like, well, that's probably the closest to money I'm going to have, you know, without getting outside and getting dirty. Well, that doctor wanted me to get back to it as soon as I could. So he put me in a walking boot, like literally cut on me straight to a walking boot and like crutches, but like I had to make sure I was moving it. Well, then it got infected. Um, So they did like, they did, they did one clean out on it, um, sent me back home. I just, you know, hung out, whatever. Um, Then one day I remember it, I, I took my bandages off or something like that. And I could see the screw head from the inside of my leg. Like I could, there was a hole, like, I mean, not very big, like half an inch big and.
1: Did you, take, did you like take the
3: Phillips and tighten her up? He didn't, no, I, I didn't touch it. I looked at it what and I <laughs> <laughs> What? Well, so, so then we went to Denver um, to that UC Health, that big hospital there. Um, and he wasn't going to do anything with it because he wanted that infection to like damn near just. So then he could, when he did do the surgery, he just kick all of it out. You know, like you didn't want something just laying around in there. Well, I didn't last like two days and I got sicker than the dog. Um, my mom and dad were with my brother at a wrestling tournament, tournament Wyoming. So I was home alone. I called my buddy, my high school buddy. And I said, Hey, you got to get me to Craig. Um, they met me there straight to Denver. Um, they cut on me there. They took all the material out, cleaned it out and left it open. And, uh, I was at like that way for like two days and then they put like an external fixator on it, which it's called, which is a bunch of rods. Um, put that in there and I was in it for four months or something like that, and off we went.
0: Fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, but, die from shit like that, right? <laughs> or lose your leg. Yeah.
3: But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean it is a pain. Like I was on liquid IV in a box for like two weeks, 24 Man. hours. Like somebody had to come out and change the the deal. Like they ran a vent or uh uh, a needle, a, you know, an IV all the way up my arm, up through my shoulder, and like, over here. Like, it was weird. Mm. Um, but, like, honestly, like, that was probably the best thing for me. Like like I said, in high school, that's when I kicked everything into the curb and got serious. Like, that was the time because it should have never happened, you know, and if, and if it, it was supposed to happen, you know, obviously. But, like, uh, like Reese Cates, actually, he was putting on that school out there. That's what it, it was, a bull riding school, like a rodeo Bible camp. And so Reese was doing the bull riding schooling and then a guy named Judd Napier. He's a blind guy. He was doing the bullfighting. Well, like I'll be honest, I went to the dumps. Like I was mad. I was depressed. Like I was sitting on the couch watching, I mean, guys I grew up with winning the high school finals or winning Shawnee and I'm sitting on my couch with a bum leg. I'm like, this is dumb, you know? And um, luckily they kind of seen that, I wasn't doing so hot, so, like, him and Lowe's show um, got me in contact with a sports psychologist. Um, they got me hooked up with her, and she she kind of got my ass back on track, you know. Um, so, we, I worked with her for pretty much the whole time. My leg was broke, and when I came back, like, it was like I never left. I mean, you know, I mean, we've learned so much through it. I mean, I still stay in contact with her. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it happened for a reason, obviously, but that's that's where it got serious. I mean, that's where you know, because my I was I plan to go to college and your junior year is kind of your year you want to show out, you know, because come senior year, you need to be signed. And I was like, shit, there goes there goes all my opportunity to go to college. Well, luckily it wasn't, but um, it all worked out, but that's that's when it got serious. Oh,
0: yeah. So, yeah. Crazy so, that,
3: so uh, you just got
0: there's so many so ways to go you, with this. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So, would you say some advice from your perspective would be uh, not only take it serious, but maybe just focus on one thing and and don't piss around kind of deal? Is that where you'd go with that? Would that be the advice you would give?
3: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're going to do this sport, you got to be all in.
1: And me, like,
3: like I was just, I thought I was just talent. I thought I just, I just kind of based off my talent. Like, I thought I was just this guy that, this kid that just woke up and I was this damn good. Forgot I worked my ass off for it. Like, honestly, like, when I got to high school, I was kind of peckerhead. Like, I just, <laughs> you know, um, and I thought, like, my talent was what, what got me to where I was at. And, you know, I thought I could just you know, pretty much piss off, you know, and do whatever I wanted and, and do stupid stuff like that or, you know what I mean. Um, and that kind of, like, kind of just had to grow up, you yeah. know so
0: quick reality I, check
3: right yeah i mean because right. like right when i could work like i wouldn't got a trucking job i mean i worked for a trucking company where i wasn't driving trucks i was changing tires and i was cleaning shop i was picking
1: up all trash the glamorous the shit
0: the goods yeah. all the
1: glamorous shit in the truck yeah. driving yeah, stuff for sure and that uh, truck driving's real glamorous too there's a <laughs> yeah. couple guys on here that can fucking attest about <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah so I, you know, just getting by and then, you know, luckily worked out and uh, got on a roll and I went back to that job and I said, t- kiss my ass, I'm out
0: of here. <laughs> I'm going to win the American. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, cause sounds like it, but were you always kind of like the the hot shot, like the guy everybody was looking at in that area as the next young guy that was coming up, you know, potentially like a low stroke to win world titles and shit like that? Were you always – Known as that guy,
3: yeah, um, in some sort of sense. I mean, it was I would think it was kind of like Lowstro, and then like Ty Wallace was a little bit older than I was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ty, I mean, that's around that area, like anytime I could go watch him, I was there, you know. Um, you know, Ty rode really good. And then yeah, I'd say right below Ty was me.
1: Yeah.
3: Um and the help with Lowstro and whatnot, you know, I always helped out.
1: Do you, uh does that add pressure? How do you handle that when people are even saying it to your face or the buzz around is this is the next guy, the next world champ? Do you turn that into positive or, you know, how does that work for you?
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can,
1: I turn it into just got a bigger team,
3: you know, behind me that wants me to win. So yep, if they yep. can believe it, you know, I don't know why I shouldn't, you know, every day, yeah. you know, kind of deal. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't, as far as pressure goes, no, like, I mean, if they say some BS stuff, then I probably won't listen to them, you know. But if it's all for me and are all, you know, good vibes, whatever, then, yeah, I'm going to listen to you and take it and run with it.
0: Nice. It flashes to what me and Jason were kind of talking about before the draft itself. So you were hurt and um, not really on a lot of guys' radars come come that draft time right just because of the fact that you were hurt and you you've made the world finals but you never did get to ride at the world finals you know there's different guys that know the sport myself watching you at the nfr and then the american and then coming on and winning your first event i was like legit this guy's a fucking first round draft pick did it surprise you being injured and then you know you were coming back but not really being in the in the mainstream at that time did it surprise you when you went in the first round
3: yeah for sure I mean, I didn't. I mean, I had heard people talking about it or whatever. You know, a couple of events before that, but I was like, you know, is what it is. I but yeah, first round. I was like, probably ain't no way. You know, um, it worked out. So,
0: did that add pressure to the team as you say that you know Luke's told you that you got your spot, and obviously as a first round draft pick you should be kind of like the leader of the team, once you have stepped up to the plate and been in these situations and you've been staying on them. But, uh, is the guys kind of, do you find yourself in that leadership role within your team or are the guys, even though you might be younger than Cody Teal and, and different guys like that, are you kind of looked at as, as the the clutch situation guy or the leader of the team? If there's captains or assistant captains or anything like that, or what's your role within the, the Missouri Thunder team?
3: As far as like leaders go, I don't, I couldn't really single out like a leader in our team. You know what I mean? Like I think everybody respects everybody enough and we just kind of learn off each other, you know, Um, as far as the clutch part goes, I mean, I've heard Luke and Andrew and them guys say, yeah, like I'm the clutch or whatever, but I don't, I don't know. Like I had this interview the other day and they were saying that and they're like, well, what's everybody's role? And I kind of went down like everybody's, you know, from Sellers to Teal to Petri to Andrew, you know, like how I see them as a role, like how I can learn from them. And then they asked me what my role was. I'm like, I don't know. You're going to have to ask them. Like, I can't tell you what it is. Like, I don't see myself from another person, you know, but but I think everybody respects each other enough to, you know, there's really not one captain. You know, I guess we call Teal Tom Brady of the group. <laughs> you know, he's got the most miles on us so, <laughs>
2: you
1: know I mean?
3: uh, so uh as
1: far as that goes but how how's the locker room different yeah. from utb event because you guys all get your own change room now is it is it a bit different yeah
3: like uh well last week in anaheim we were all one locker room every everybody oh, was okay. all in one oh it sure. kind of- yeah it was weird man it was yeah. There was some comments, whatever, and I just whatever, you know. Oh, yeah, some trash talking. Yeah. Yeah, all around, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so we practice all practice. we're all
1: familiar with hockey up
0: here. Oh yeah. You it, can't it, put fucking yeah. like,
1: teams you, together. You see lots of fights in hockey. Do you see like you, do you ever see it happening? You guys just throwing down in the arena and boxing it out over something? I don't know, but they better
3: be packing a punch, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can see it 100% mostly just like shit talking and you're like your teammates so say well, I was yeah, on or fucking or Cody a team yeah, so yeah. yeah. A challenge, hit challenge button. button on one of your guys fuck yeah yeah that's good right. one yeah.
1: Yeah. I saw I saw Felisco made a comment about Lemme. Um he said something along the lines of he was surprised it wasn't challenged and Lemme commented back on Twitter because I didn't touch him that's why nobody challenged it uh. There we go yeah,
0: right? talking there yeah so what's the deal what was the deal with all one locker room so <laughs> it, it, normally like Global cups and all that stuff teams are in their own locker rooms which I assume you should have to be because your coach would probably want to have your pre-game chat yeah. type of thing the boys yeah. want to get each other fired up but then yeah. you got all the other teams in there it's a little bit harder to get fired up or do things your way was that brought up was that something that you guys are like we probably don't need to fucking have all of us in the same locker room anymore. Or how's yeah. that going? like our
3: team, like Ross just kind of got us like our own little spot, Ross and Luke did. We went and had our little, you know, pre-game, you know, conversation and prayer or whatever and, and talked about all this stuff and whatnot. And then we, you know, broke and went back in the locker room. It's just that locker room wasn't the same, you know, like during the regular season, like everybody's joking around or, you know whatever hanging out or whatever. And it was just so like, which is fine, I guess. I mean, you're going to have this anyways, regardless with this team event, but everybody was kind of like clicky, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. but I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, but
0: it's I don't gonna know. It's going to be a little harder. Like, it, it you guys don't know weird. each other.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. just felt weird, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, like Cheyenne, you know how big Cheyenne is. So we kind of were separate there. Uh, Kansas City, we had our own little locker room, but – and it wasn't bad, you know, because then you didn't have to hear any other – anybody's bullshit, you know what I mean? Like, you could just kind of zone out and, you know, but it is nice, like, through through them regular seasons to, I mean, kind of be social and talk to your buddies and whatnot, you know what I mean? So –
0: it's a different format, though, right? Yeah, for sure. All right. You're, riding, remember, against, you're yeah. riding against yourself. You're not riding against yeah. that other team, right? Yeah. But you still are riding the bull. You have to do your job. But in reality, right. you just have to do better than that fucking team that you're playing. So it is a person versus person kind of aspect right. to it. Right. And as
1: and as a team, you're not going to let any within all of you guys are not going to let any strategies out and angles. And I mean, that's what it's all about. So you're all going to stick to your own little click. That's where the, right. that's where the difference would come in. I think. Eh? Yeah.
0: Right. We're We're and clear, your coaches like, probably be like, don't fucking talk with those. Yeah. Guys. You know, yeah. You <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: They, they're uh, Ross is pretty particular about, I mean, and not just in the bull riding world or bull riding or bull riders, I guess, but it's anybody, you know, like, he'll get on your ass. Like if, I mean, cause we'll be honest, there's people out there that will try to knock you down. That'll sure. tell you a hundred reasons why not to do it, you know, instead of a hundred reasons why not to do it, you know what I mean? Or why yep. to do it. Um, So like, and that, that's something you got to be aware of, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and make sure you only kind of, cause winners, they're not going to, they're not going to think like that person does, you know what I mean?
1: So
0: negative shit negative mindset negative. yeah exactly
1: uh, yeah, yeah and, and and fortunately in your career already colton you've had people and usually those people are just either jealous or envious or whatever they you've had to deal with that so that's that's the good part is you know you know who's who's uh shaking your hand and pissing on your shoe you exactly. know kind of deal. For sure. yeah. For
0: sure. the american we got to go into that that's uh every it's newer the last I don't know now, eight, nine years or how long it's been, but it's now on everybody's list as, as something that you want to win similar to a, a Calgary stampede or any, any big, big rodeo. That's obviously got a little bit more to it and more money, but, uh, winning, winning that, does that stand out to you as one of your, your biggest moments and, and, uh, career achievements so far? That probably
3: is my biggest one. Um, I mean, it's, it's tough, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's all there. Um, you know, and I just, for me, I mean, I wear that buckle every day, and it, it just reminds me of, like, getting back into that state of mind, you know, every day when I wear it, you know, just staying on or being a champion and having a good attitude, you know. Because, um, I mean, I I rode all three. I was only got to ride all three bulls there. And I didn't qualify there. You know, I'd made it through the pure shade the year before or whatever. But, still, I stayed on all three, um, and I rode – the bull that I'd want to get on for a while now. I chiseled, you know, I wrote him yeah. the second round. And then safety meeting. I mean, you can't get much better. And, and uh so like yeah that one it sticks out to me the most, you know, and and so funny story, my truck wrote down my go-to truck. I don't know if you see did you see that in the, the bio deal? Yeah. First, yeah. 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 I want to uh, hear perfect. it. Yeah. I need to hear perfect. it. Perfect. Okay. So my, my red pickup, my my, my go to truck broke down on me whatever had some mechanical bs wrong with it i looked around and seen the old first gen you know (laughs) no no ac no power windows are broke i mean hey she runs though you know um well and i'm running late you know like now you know how that goes like your truck breaks down last minute
0: oh yeah
3: so i call kai hamilton i'm like hey like i'm heading that way you know in a normal truck i'd be there about 15 minutes before it starts and like now maybe they're all right on time (laughs) so I'm freaking gassing this first gen up there and you know get there on time whatever check in but I remember like I drive around there and I had so many funny looks like just (laughs) who the hell is this guy you know because like I'll I'll send you a picture of it like this thing is (laughs) faded paint I mean flatbed I mean kind of kind of greasy you know what I mean and, Probably not uh, what
0: the Cowboys were rolling into football games in.
3: Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they, yeah, it is now. Like, you got these big fancy rigs or whatever. And, hey, I just pulled up next to them. Like, just next right right to them and, and hop out. And, and I had so many people looking at me. And uh, I can't remember who it was. But after I'd won the American, somebody walked up to me. And they were saying that, you know, there were some guys, you know, talking shit. Be like, who the hell, you know, pulls up in the ranch truck, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, He's like, yeah, you did, and you won this summer gun. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it felt so good after yeah. you said that. Like, I put the big check, like, it's a single cab, so, like, I put it in the window to, like, where I was driving down the road, like, all you seen was my name, the American. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, like, they're giving me shit, but I'm like, I don't care, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but no, it was, it was kind of funny and cool, but.
0: <laughs> Gold, 10-foot tall, bulletproof. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you talk about, like, the mental game and sports psychologists and all that stuff and uh I, you know you said that you usually show up maybe like 15 minutes early so it doesn't seem like a guy that is like doing a bunch of uh pre-game prep and all that stuff but what is your do you have some different like mental things that you go to i know cooper davis has been on here and he talks about a couple of the books that he read and it was like the different he went through the same kind of routine every time he got on and that got his mind to where he needed to be some guys like, no, they just fucking do them stretch and, and go and try not to think about it. I know myself, I went through a lot of different routines and used different things that I learned in like mind gym and different books like yeah. that that helped me to just for my own self felt like the more I put into it, the more I was going to get out of it. And so if I went through all these steps, I was going to have success. And if I didn't, well, at least I put everything into it. Is that kind of similar to what you're doing as sports psychologist? Guy, yeah. what's, kinda, what's your mindset towards it?
3: Yeah, for sure. Like, I like, uh, you know, with winning in mind, mind gym. um, I've read a few books, you know, but it was real handy having that sports psychologist because she studied all that stuff already before. And, and there's kind of some stuff in that book, you know, like you always take something different from it. Well, she could just sum it up, you know, and she could just lay it on me. And it was so easy and perfect. Um, you know, but like, for me, it's like whenever my shit's organized, like through the week and like, I'm not here or over there or, up here and just I got a bunch of stuff you know I feel like I ride so much better like I just everything's simple it's just right here in front of me you know and then yeah like oh yeah for sure there's a routine that I you know do day of or whatever and and whatnot um and like there's these iBooks that you know everybody has now and I mean it's just full of books that people have told me about and it's I mean the mind's like you can say it's mind or it's mentality. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can say you're gonna focus on your mind. Well, it depends on what you're focusing on. But yeah. if your mentality is to win and you're putting all your, you know, if you're putting all your stuff to win, then it's probably what's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Um, like there's this book on here that I'll listen to. It's uh it was Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan's sports psychologist. He got two books yeah. and they're freaking good. And he has, he doesn't talk anything about, you know, visualizing or none of that stuff, but it's like every day when you show up or like what you need to think about or how you need to go about your day or honestly, if you have it or if you don't, you know what I mean? Like he's kind of old school, like, you know, get you back in that, in that mentality of, of that stuff.
1: So do you, do you still see or talk to a sports psychologist on a regular basis? Yeah. Um, like I used to kind
3: of try to talk to her about every week when I was younger and then like now it's just like like we'll get a game plan and I'll do it and then like after it's done like maybe after the season or or like a six-month point I'll call her back like I just talked to her yesterday um she's seen my videos or whatever on social media you know and she just texts me and I'm like well I hate texting people so I called her We chit chatted for like twenty minutes, you know. We just we kind of like went over some stuff, you know, like what we could work on or whatever, and that was it. So, and it's handy. She she was married to Larry Mahan for a few years. I I can't remember. So like, it's not like she's just she knows like uh, you know skiing or hockey or you know like she knows she knows rodeo. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like she does. She's she's very educated in it, so it (laughs) always helps.
0: That's cool. I always found that too, and it could work against you a lot of the times too. Like if you if you oh, if sure. you have like such a routine, I remember some days like I wake up and if I didn't wake up thinking about the fucking bull I had that night, I'd be like, "Fuck,
2: what about? Oh, wow, fuck!" Yeah. Right?
0: And that's just all right there, right? It had nothing really yeah. affect what you were doing that day. It's just right. your head right. for sure.
3: Yeah, no, I, I hear you. there. There's there yeah, there's a line there. If you cross it, you can it's shit.
0: when it's clicking it's clicking that's best times right uh tell us about fishing and getting stranded on the lake i like i want to hear this story oh yeah that's pretty (laughs) good
3: so i went to school in snyder texas and uh we we all wanted to go night fishing one night and uh who's the crew who's
0: the snyder texas crew it was uh me
3: jacob lee's he's a bearback rider um, Ellen Telfer, he rides bulls, Blaze Freeman, Bronc Rider, and then uh, Hagen Braswell was with us too, the little itty bitty kid. Like, he used to come hang out here once in a while, or whatever.
2: Yeah. And yeah.
3: uh, we're like, let's go fishing. And we're like, all right, so uh, Jacob had this like, ain't no BS, this little John boat that's probably <laughs> supposed to fit like two or three people. Mm-hmm. Well, we fit all of us, and uh, why not? Why not? Exactly, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So we just get – I mean, we're just cruising across this lake in Snyder. Um, and uh, we get to the spot, drop the lot, start fishing. And uh, we're sitting in this boat here. And there's, like, an island, like, maybe five foot over there. You know what I mean? But we just stay in the boat right there. And uh, Blaze grew up in Snyder. So he's got all the stories and all the BS around there. You know how that goes. Yeah. And he begins to tell us that this, this lake's haunted. <laughs> and I'm like no, I'm and and uh he's like no for real, like you know, he's telling us all these stories and about how there's a witch out there and all this crap. And I'm like, no, no, ain't no shit. This storm rolls in. Like, didn't you know when we went out there? It was like we were seeing stars, like all around us. There was no clouds. I mean everything was clear, it was a nice night. And Blaze started talking about this haunted lake and a storm rolls in. Well then and like Probably thirty seconds after or before the storm rolls in, I caught fish, and this thing was like this big, like <laughs> whatever, you know. And I throw it back. strong rolls in, and we're not even thinking; like we're thinking when we need to get out of here. Where we didn't think about there was a an island over there, and if them waves get to hitting, it's gonna hit this boat, and then we're really gonna be out there, you yeah. know. So we get it, we get it on the bay because the motor stopped working. The engine. Yeah. The he just had like a little
0: It was the witch, like the boat. ghost.
3: <laughs> yeah. he literally he literally had this little engine C clamped to his boat. Like it wouldn't even <laughs> like, like it was some some stuff, man. And, and so we got this island, we have no fire, no water, whatever. And and Jake, like he's kind of getting mad because it's his boat. He's he's mad that this thing ain't starting. There's I mean, wind, gusts, you know, like it was kind of getting bad. And He's, he's spraying this starting fluid, like I mean, he's laying <laughs> on this stuff. And Blaze is like, uh, "Jake, you might want to ease off on that. Like, you'll blow that sucker up." And he goes, "Huh?" Pulls the throttle. Well, when he pulls it, the lever was like kicked to the left, so it's going to spin in circles. Well, he <laughs> kicks it up, and this thing's like turning back in the water. Bow about, about throws him out of the lake. He's like, "Hi, right, boys! Like, we got to go." So. All of us gather up our stuff, throw up the boat. And we just jump in, like we got this sucker started, and uh, still storming. And he's just, you know, we're just kind of pedaling along this lake. You know, this little john boat cuts out, <laughs> turns off, kills it, and now we're in the middle of this sucker. Like we are right in the middle of this island, and we can see the light to the to the boat dock. And we're like, shit, and now this. Storm's really huffing it. I mean, there's waves, whatever, and we're kind of getting a little nervous now. We're like, shit, like, damn. And uh, Jake still tries to crank this sucker. It ain't cranking. So he get luckily out a paddle and he used it as like a rotor, and like we just spaced out evenly across the boat. You know, that way it didn't flip, or if it did flip, we can jump out and just grab a side of it or whatever. We're we get we get to the bay. And then we had to walk in there like three miles to the truck. And uh, (laughs) we didn't get to bed till like four in the morning. Like we were out there, out there. And uh, we wake up and and Lazy Dad was like, uh, where'd y'all boys go last night? Like We went fishing and it wasn't very well. You know, it's like, well, y'all didn't know about the storm. And we're like, you knew about
0: a storm? Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? We're gone.
1: Yeah. And let me guess, let me guess, five guys in a boat and one life jacket. No life jacket. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no life
2: jacket, for sure. But I, I,
3: I feel, and I don't know if Hagen's parents know this yet, but they will now, but I I felt so bad for him because, I mean, he was just shivered up, you know, he's cold and shit. Like, he's, he's young, you know what I mean? I'm like, shit, they're never going to let me bring him back, you know? Yeah. He got uh, out, but when he got out, he thought he was hot
0: shit and you know he shut around there,
3: or whatever.
2: Oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. with
0: the boys. <laughs> yeah. Who'd you who you rodeo with? Who was like your traveling partners from around there? Did you got like you and sellers seem like you guys know each other pretty good? Is there who would you kind of roll with back in like rodeoing days or who is your kind of your, your group right now?
3: Yeah. Um year I made the finals, I rodeoed with uh Kai Hamilton. Yeah, um Aussie Boy. There in the winter um sellers got hurt there in fort Worth. um it was going to be us three and then sellers got hurt with his knee so from like start of the year till july i rodeo with kai and then it was so fun uh sellers bought a bus like a big big like rv thing and uh us three just piled in there and away we went and freaking rodeo it's so fun like that thing was so nice like I mean i don't know if i'd buy one like that because it kind of is what it like it was kind of a pain to get in and out of places but like you talk about driving and oh, late yeah, night driving yeah. like you literally get i'd get done with my shift and i just pass out on the couch like i just yeah. walk over there sleep on the couch or watch a movie or something you know um, traveling that's the way to yeah, it's yeah. so right and then yeah. it it was cool that all three of us made the finals that year you know so uh yeah, we I rode with them two of them that year, and then yeah, Sellers worked out that he got on the same team. So, and we've That's stayed in contact up. from there. Like I lived with him there for a little while here in Steamville when he lived here. Um I didn't have a place or nothing. Or me and that kid Nick Cullen, he was my roommate there in Snyder. Well, like in college, we get these wild hairs and drive to Steamville at like on a Wednesday or Thursday, you know, at, like nine yeah. o'clock at night. And,
0: we end up sand sellers, you know, whatever yeah. kind of deal. And uh, yeah, it was no fun. <laughs> had no fun, I'm sure, in Oh, we had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so good.
1: <laughs> now, uh, I, I, who, as growing up, who was your your bull riding hero? I mean, you can go back as many years as you want to, yeah. you know, you, who were your guys? Who were you guys you looked up to? Yeah.
3: Um when I first got started it was Lane Frost, you know, because I mean I eight seconds in that challenge of champions. It's another mm-hmm. little tape they made of him in Red Rock. Like I watched him every day, you know, and then kind of when I got handy with the technology, you know, um, get on YouTube and watch, you know, Chris Shivers, Justin McBride, JB, um, you know, Michael Gaffney, you know. Yeah. Um like my dad and I would just talk about guys, you know what I mean? Like he, he grew up in the sport, so he knew quite a bit about it. And, uh, you know, we just kind of get on little rants and, and talk about guys, you know? And, uh, but I remember like I'd, I'd, uh, stay up late just watching, you know, like we'd record the stuff on the TV, like the final or whatever. And I just keep mm-hmm. on, that's all I'd really watch, you know?
1: So. Who would you, who would you say you most ride like, or, or, uh, you know, who did you want to ride like?
0: Yeah, your style looks yeah, yeah you your got your style, own yeah. style, right? Like you kind of sit-up style and then you run your knees up. You got you, it seems like you've kind of taken a lot from different guys, like you have a mixture of a few different styles that now you've made your own. For sure. Yeah.
3: Like I remember and that was kind of like when I say like it got serious for me, like that's that's when I like I really, really started breaking it down. Instead of like just watching it and be like, Oh yeah, it's a good bull ride, you know what I mean? Like take one thing out of it. Like I started like watching like like Coop or or Tanner or JB like y'all would just run your knees up damn near where your knees were level with their backs, you know, and they could never pull you down, and you could, you know, then up and down because I had really I had a lot of trouble with bulls up and down, you know, and it seemed like when I did that it helped, and then like I liked the way like Clint Bronner rode or like Jim Sharp's upper body or G Man's upper body or even McBride. Yeah, you know I mean? God. Straight up and down and straight lines, you know? So, um, and I remember, like, you know, like, like Gary doesn't, he likes to teach, uh, I think, a lot of, like, upper body. Like, he, you know, lower body, but he really, really emphasized your upper body.
0: Yep.
3: Well, I remember, you know, um, I remember I was, uh, I took that perspective of bringing my knees up. And I remember that next year I came back and, like, I got on my barrel and, like, it was in my system to bring my knees up, turn my yeah. toes out, you know what I mean? And and, and I could still ride. Yeah. And he yeah. was like, shit. And he started teaching it, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and uh, cause like I'd ride their horses bareback and I still try to to this day. Well, man, you can't get a deep hole with them horses and expect to you yeah. be able to free your ass, you know? So it's a lot easier to bring your knees up and whatnot. So, I don't know. I, I I'm still like that. Like even nowadays, like looking at dalen you know the way dalen rides I mean, he freaking toes point east and west and his knees are brought up you know so
0: yeah, you still take a deep hole with your knees fucking at your for hands for sure you know for yeah. sure yeah. yeah let them bounce off those knees on each side i like that yeah. and then you got the cooper davis similar like then which goes back to the jim sharp you know lots of michael gaffney right i always said i think it was chase that always said like I mean, everybody's really trying to drape out of the over the front end. And it's like if tough Eataman can fucking nod straight up and down on Bodacious and ride him, you know, right. React right. To the situation once it happens instead of trying to get over. You know how you know how it goes. You right. try to lean over that front when you leave there, and it ends up just doing the total opposite and sitting you back, right? So for sure. yeah, I like that. That's good. It's good for the young guys. Good style stuff. We've held you for a long time. Uh which has been fun, man. It's been really cool. It's good yeah. to Good to get to know you. I don't you know, I didn't get to know you a whole bunch in the locker room or anything like that. So it's fun to to hear from the the younger guys and the new uh you know, you guys are the the guys in the sport like the the superstars. So that's gotta feel pretty cool now to to have grown up watching you know jb and uh, all those guys that were before you stormy and them guys now you guys run in you're running the show so uh it's got to like kind of be pretty cool right are you 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 taking that all in right now being at the top of the game or is it just kind of every day for you
3: um i, I think it like comes and goes you know kind of deal um i don't know i i try to keep everything so simple you know and and uh just focus on one day at a time and get better every, every day and and uh that's
0: about it just keep the job simple for well, sure
1: well I, I, I personally feel you drive a next gen and you are the next gen of superstar right but <laughs> hey. so, yeah. it's <laughs> like right there
0: so we do baby <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um one thing i i wanted to ask you one couple of things about the 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 team that you're on um but do you think that um that you guys are the top team in your mind or or looking at the other teams, what do you think your odds are of winning this inaugural season? I've picked you guys as my top team that I think is going to win this first season. Uh, But looking at teams like the Austin gamblers and different teams, you know, that you've kind of seen how they all transpire, who's got what sort of different assets of which way you guys can ride or which different set of skills and the most rounded team, there is out there right everybody's got different stuff within the different guys that they have seeing a few of them do you guys legit think that you have a shot at this thing oh 100% i really do and, and well he's uh, not
1: going to he's not going to bet against himself Dan. <laughs> come on
0: <laughs> hey, I'd be like fuck no we suck <laughs> <man."> <laughs> we're just getting lucky here man uh, <laughs> you no know,
3: um I mean, i'll be honest like every week like it just uh I feel like we just get better and better. I mean, like last week in Anaheim, like Sellers riding legit. And yeah. like, and I don't know if y'all seen this, like Andrew took that Hereford lane down, with the big red ball face. God you know what I mean? Like all the way down, like not just in the front end or back end. Like this sucker was down there.
0: And his belly. And
3: to his belly. Andrew takes him, gets him rowed. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, I think our confidence level is just so up there, but then we're also grounded, you know, like we're pretty humble but we also know the confidence levels there, you know, the cockiness and the swagger we got there. So, and I think, I know myself and I'm, I'm I'm speaking for the team, I guess, is we know we can get, we can excel way farther than we're, where we're at right now. You know right. what I mean? And right. it ain't going to come overnight, but the work we put in every week that we've started to and, and showing out every weekend. And I mean, it's just going to keep it going for us.
1: So here's a quick question for you. Um, for a lot of our viewers that would kind of want to know this. So in hockey, your coach is chirping in your ear all the time. Your coaches are on the back of the shoots. taking that bull laying down. Was that a personal bull rider decision or was that a coach saying, yeah, take him"? I think it might've been a little bit of both. Like I wasn't
3: yeah. in this, I was in the right there, you know, I was getting ready for my stuff, but I mean, from afar, I mean, you can tell plain as the day, it was laying down, but like, being around Ross, I mean, that attitude will rub off on you 100%. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that guy, like, he's just always on the muscle. And, like, I mean, it's just, it don't matter. Just get your damn job done. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and seeing yeah. Andrew doing it, you know, I think it just fired the rest of the guys up. Um, So I think it's a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Like, Coach, like, Coach Ross isn't in your ear, neither is Luke, but like, uh, I mean, unless you need, unless they need to be, you know, obviously. Yep. Um, but they'll get you fired up, you know, like before and after, you know, kind of deals. So then you, you know, you learn that feeling and take that and keep, keep expecting that feeling if that makes sense.
0: Hell uh, yeah! Like you say, it's gonna fucking rub off too. So Andrews probably just juice before he gets <laughs> oh, even in there. For sure.
3: I swear, I swear, <laughs> Andrews and Mini Ross, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, those like good because. Because Andrew's a boxer, you know, like he's got that fighter, Spartan, you know, kinda like yeah. oh, yeah. dirty tough and just wants
1: to fight. And you kind of see <laughs>
3: I can, you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it, it's kind of funny to see. But yeah.
0: So Locked so on,
1: on the on the other side of it, if you're not doing your job, say after your ride or whatever, say it's visible that you're kind of, you know screwing the pooch, so to speak, you're probably in for an tune of some sort, correct? It depends. Like,
3: the only thing Ross cares about is if you try hard, you know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, if you, get, if you get your effort, then there's nothing to be mad about, you know, but like, yeah, if you're going to pick your head up and find a spot and get off of one, yeah, I mean, I imagine I haven't had one of the tune yet, and I don't plan <laughs> to. It, but, you know, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, a couple of them got me down here this year, and it's one of them deals is you go ride him over there both ways, whatever he wants to do in your mind and right there and know you, you can ride him and be done with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like don't linger about it. Cause there's always tomorrow. There's always next weekend. Um, but honestly, like, I think, I don't think Ross or Luke's going to be one of those coaches. That's just going to get in your ear and mm-hmm. your ass. You know, they'll just put you on the bench. Yeah. Fair enough, you know, like, if you're not staying on, then, I mean, they're going to bring somebody up that's going to want to stay on in her place, you know what I mean? That's probably different, right? Yeah, that should speak to a person more than anything. Yeah, Yeah, for sure.
0: That's probably different for different guys. Like That's part of being a coach in all sports is, like, reading your players. So, some players, yeah, yeah, you might be able to, like – come on, get your fucking head out of your ass. So other guys wouldn't take that well, and that would just make them do even worse, you know? So it's like knowing your players, reading your players, and reading those situations. And I think that's going to come a long ways in the the near future. This is the inaugural season, but I think you're going to see that where these coaches are able to take a team to a next level (laughs) or bring a team down, you know, depending on what the coach is. And just like hockey, right? These different guys are going to have different attributes that they can bring. For sure.
3: Yeah, and then, but it's also depending on the guys
0: too. You know what I mean?
3: Like we'll be honest, like there's a lot of guys out there that are just content. you know what I mean? But like, and I think like, that's what I'm so happy about. Our team is, is we're not happy being content. You know what I mean? Like we're always striving to get better, you know? So when that, when that comes into play, you want to win, you know what I mean? So there shouldn't be any reason why we'll get to that spot. You know what I mean? So, and if he does, I don't think, there's going to be an answer. And I think he will just, like I said, they're they're either going to put you on the bench and say, you're going to do this or you get better. You know what I mean? Bottom line. I mean, that's, that's how the kid crumbles as far as our team goes, you know?
0: Well, you tell Luke that you don't know if there's a, there's a world champion buckle or what you guys get at the end of the, at the end of the season, if you win the title, but you guys want to go to the fucking party barn and open up his (laughs) old party barn again. (laughs) No, I'm coming and I'm coming, yeah,
3: yeah, (laughs)
0: okay, yeah, that's cool. Um, the one more while we get to the final one, but is it you're a little bit younger, I guess you haven't been within like within the PBR system for a long time of like the backs and of of you know answering to the PBR, so it might not affect you at all, but is it is it kind of cooler having to answer to say Luke and Ross or say the team ownership of of uh, of Bass Pro, or, or instead of answering to the PBR itself, I know the PBR is still the governing body, but this is, feels like it's a different situation where you're owned by this team. You're riding for this team. Is it is it easier dealing with? with your team instead of having to like answer directly to the PBR. Do you find that like, it's a little bit ease off your mind that you can just focus on riding, and that team's going to take care of you instead of like the different politics within bull riding and all that behind the scenes bullshit that sometimes goes on.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, a little bit both worlds. Cause I starting to get along with the guy, you know, the people, with the PBR, whatever, as far as tickets goes. And, you know, when you got to sort all that stuff out, but then, I mean, it is nice that, like through Bass Pro and Johnny Morris and Luke Snyder and Ross that, I mean, they have, and Randy Bernard, like they have people that can help us out to make our lives a a heck of a lot easier. You know what I mean? Like, like Miss Brittany, she sends us all of our rooms. Like if we need flights booked, we can just send her whatever we need. You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot easier, but then same time, it depends on the person. Like, you know, sometimes I like to do that stuff because then I know, i'm investing in it you know what i mean maybe maybe make you want to ride a little bit better you know what i mean then instead just showing up and be like yeah is what it is you know if that makes sense you know so but but it's uh, it is it is nice you know like not having to i mean kind of bring some weight off your shoulders but then i mean i don't know it's nice
0: Yeah. And it's like the guarantee contracts, different things like that. I know all the teams are different, but is that something that that you and the guys kind of are excited about instead of, you know, the old school way of how it's always been, you still earn your money and you still ride for your money, but then there is also some some added bonuses that you get now by being drafted on these teams and stuff. Is that something that that maybe say the guys look forward to and yourself look forward to? (laughs)
3: Yeah. Um, I know it depends maybe on the team. Um, as far as that goes, um, my opinion, it's going to take some getting used to, you know what I mean? Because you're, you've grown up so long of, you don't stay on, you don't get paid. If you stay on, you're going to get paid really good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm kind of in the middle of it still, you know what I mean? Like I think, you know, getting, getting used to it, it'll, it'll help. Um, you know, nobody's gonna turn down free money, you
0: know,
2: kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you
0: have no earned star. it, you know what I mean? Like putting yourself sure. in the position that you're in. That's the thing. It's not like just because you're getting on a bull, you're getting a guaranteed yeah. contract. It's like hockey or other things. You worked your whole life to get to those situations yeah. to sign right. contracts, right? For sure.
3: Yeah, for sure. And then like um, you know, if we win games and we stay on bulls and we get paid more. I mean, that that that's that 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 I think is really good to keep in there you know what i mean if if uh some if somebody stays on or if you win the game and get paid extra if not you know, come back next week and say it, so it on can- performance, Pay it
0: on so performance. It, for yeah. sure okay awesome man well we could fucking rack your brain for days on this team stuff but it is fun and it, it does add a lot of questions right and and um it's fun to to get your side of it being right in the, the heat of the battle and kind of learning as it goes in the inaugural season. I'm sure you'll look back when you're older and, and think of the first season and how much up in the air shit was and all the different stuff. It's pretty cool for you to, to look back on, but first, yeah, congrats on being in the draft first round draft pick and all that you've done. And, and I've, said this a bunch of times over just for watching you in the past before i ever got to talk to you is keep an eye on on this guy colton fritzland because you are the the real deal you've proved it and i think it's just what well, as far as you want to go is, is how far you're going to take it so it's going to be pretty fun to to get you and i'm glad we got you on the pod before you fucking really blew up here win a couple words <laughs> i will we'll have yeah. to get you back but before we finish <laughs> before we finish scott's got our infamous question for you
1: uh, Colton, I love your mindset. Mm-hmm. I love the, the way you sort things out and keep everything straight down the middle. Um, this is the NFP podcast. We have our take on it. What's yours? No pussies,
0: Cowboys <laughs> yeah, win,
1: Cowboys
3: yeah, win, Crowbabies go home. Nice
0: bang yeah i love it all right brother well we appreciate you big time we'll be cheering for you obviously i'm on the bandwagon i'm missouri thunder from our, a couple podcasts ago you guys are my pick so i'll be tuning in watching and cheering you guys on so go win nashville and and uh, keep the momentum rolling throughout the season and we'll see you at luke's party barn when this whole season's done <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe
1: we'll maybe we'll do another nfp podcast live right from there can you imagine <laughs> <that>? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Cool.
0: Okay. Well, this has been our interview with Goldfish.